podcast, everybody. So it's been a few days, lots of stuff to talk about. So let's get started. Um, one of the things that came up uh, with basketball on the way, uh, starting, I believe, next week, actually, the season starts. Um, a little look at the New York Knicks, who continue to struggle. Um, an article from ESPN saying why the Knicks should start rebuilding through the draft starting now. Um, and an interesting take because despite the fact that they just got rid of Carmelo Anthony, their cap situation is still not that good. Uh, Ian Begley said if you look at their cap situation, it shows the club doesn't project to have any cap space really until 2020. Um, just another reason why they need to build via the draft, and I would agree with that. I think uh, they seem to be hamstrung right now um, and not that good of a squad in a division where you've got the Raptors and the Boston Celtics um, and even you know depending on what happens you might even look at the 76ers as possibly becoming a bigger threat so the Knicks have quite a ways to go and it's unfortunate because uh, as a kid growing up I remember when the Knicks had Patrick Ewing um, unfortunately for them that was also when Michael Jordan was still in the league but um, you know the Knicks had a really decent team back then they just haven't been the same since and uh, you know it's sad anytime that you see a franchise that should be like a cornerstone franchise for a league like the New York Knicks and a fan base that's as passionate as the New York Knicks fan base is uh, it's just a sad situation Uh, but hopefully they do start to look into drafting better to develop their team because the NBA, let's be honest, would be better with a stronger Knicks team, a contending Knicks team. Um, so going from basketball to wrestling, uh, Roman Reigns was interviewed in a shoot interview recently. Uh, it's on YouTube if you're interested in checking it out. Um, but in the interview, at about the 1 minute and 47 second uh, mark of that video, uh, he was quoted saying, we don't need guys running around doing two sweets and we don't need guys acting like they're from dx you know 15 years ago we need original characters now i love that that quote from roman reigns i'll be honest as a wrestling fan you want to see some original things happen they haven't been happening um you know and i think it's because of the fact that they make things so scripted uh you watch so many former wrestlers current wrestlers talking about what's going on in wrestling these days and usually that's what comes up is the fact that everything is so scripted um it looked like on smackdown live bobby Roode, for example had something to say but it was like he forgot his line or something it was just very awkward and it wasn't natural and it's proof of what's wrong with pro wrestling right now is that they've made it too scripted and you know if, if they gave that that freedom back to the wrestlers to like ad lib and if they practice that more with the wrestlers I I think that they would have a better product and I I would agree with Roman Reigns I think it's ridiculous when you see for example like the Bullet Club you know doing the NWO sign um, you know too sweet you see them doing like the DX crotch chop all that stuff like it's old man and then I've been a wrestling fan for so long like I, I grew up with DX and the NWO but you know you've got to come up with original stuff and I I, I 100% love that Roman Reigns views it that way Um, you know I would love to see Roman Reigns get more of an edge to him 
Um, not necessarily that he turns heel, which I know is what a lot of fans want to see from him, just that he has an edge to him, that he doesn't want to be like a clean baby face, that, you know, uh, hopefully this run with the shield, because they've, they've brought the shield back together again, um, hopefully it rubs off on him and he gets like that mean streak in him um, and just kind of takes off, because I know the WWE wants to build around uh, Roman Reigns and you know despite what a lot of wrestling fans think I think that it can be done you know I don't think that he's like another diesel uh, 1995 1996 run I, I think that he's legitimately um, you know a, a, a top guy that can draw and it, he proves it with attendance when you look at the wrestling events that he main events uh, he proves it with ratings um, with pay-per-view buys or network buys now um, he's legitimately put himself as a top guy, um, whether the fans want to admit that or not, he is, um, but I, I would just like to see him kind of sharpen those mic skills, I'd like to see him get to the point where, you know, his, his blood relative, The Rock, got to, um, and I think he can do it, call me naive, but I think he can do it, uh, hopefully this run, you know, with the shield, helps to strengthen not just him but also Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose and gets them back to where they should be um, in, in the wrestling business but I, I love that Roman Reigns took that shot at the Bullet Club and people like Finn Balor, um, uh, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, you know you look outside the WWE, the Young Bucks, all those guys that just they've run this bullet club thing to the ground and i know for some kids that didn't grow up watching the nwo they think it's really cool but it's just a rehashing of the same old thing and and they need to come up with something new and i i'm happy that roman reigns has that take on it and you know the shield in its own way is, is kind of an original thing um and, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with the shield right now um i think it's a good time to bring it back together i just i wonder Competition-wise, do they have the competition for them? Uh, you know, Braun Strowman, The Miz, uh, The Bar. You know, I don't know if that's enough competition for them, but, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what happens. It'd be interesting to see if The Shield took on Brock Lesnar for the championship. That would be an interesting situation. Uh, then The Daily Caller, going into politics, uh tweeted out that California has made a harsher penalty for pronoun violations than for knowingly spreading HIV and that kind of shows you how extreme things have gotten um, and it, again it kind of points to that regressive laugh the fact that you know it's more okay for people to knowingly spread HIV which should be against the law um, it is but the penalty is not as harsh as getting the wrong gender pronoun um i i don't get it you know but that, that's kind of the world that we live in and it's the problem with the world right now is that you've got this regressive left and you've got this alt-right and you've got everybody else that's just living in this world that's going mad really so october 10th was world mental health day and Matthew uh, for Botchamania had some fun with that with some wrestling related uh, images. He had uh, Al Snow <laughs> uh, with hashtag World Mental Health Day. Uh, Al Snow uh, with his prop, the head. 
Um, you know, if you weren't a fan of wrestling in the 90s, you probably don't get that joke. But if you are, you're probably laughing like I am right now. It's pretty funny. He didn't stop there, though. <laughs> he also had an image of Eugene. Uh, he had an image of Perry Saturn with uh, his mop friend. I think it was Moppy. I can't remember. Um, and then he's got Mick Foley, who had split personalities uh, with Dude Love, Cactus Jack, and Mankind. Uh, and uh, this was actually from Thomas Sindel, uh, retweeted by Matthew. And it said, Pro Wrestling is known for their ahead-of-its-time sensitivity to mental health issues from schizophrenia to the mentally disabled. <laughs> now, obviously, mental health awareness is an important thing, and we've talked about that on the podcast before. Um, but, you know, this podcast is also about humor and jokes, so I had to throw that in there, too. Um, speaking of mental health, though, uh, former Bears coach Mike Ditka, sometimes I, I wish he would just keep his mouth shut because on the one hand, he's a football icon, he's a legend, he's one of the most legendary coaches in football history, but on the other, when it comes to political issues and what he said, he says publicly, he just kind of puts like his own foot in his mouth and he says stupid, ignorant things, and sure enough, he did uh, this time around saying that the U.S. hasn't seen oppression in the last 100 years. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin, but believe me, there's a lot of stuff to talk about when it comes to this. Uh, one of the things, this is just my opinion, I said, you know, he's still on the air on one hand. On the other hand, you've got ESPN suspending uh, Jamel Hill for the two-week period. Go figure, you know. Um, the ignorance of an old white man displaying his white privilege is, is the way I take is what I take away from what Mike Ditka said. And you know, for me, it's unbelievable to hear an NFL coach say that. Uh, keeping it, keeping in mind that he was the coach of the Chicago Bears at a time when they had a roster that had a slew of different races on it, including African American. And, you know, it's just hard to believe that somebody can coach a group of men like that, including African-American men, and have that point of view. It's unbelievable, really, um, and disturbing and disgusting, to say the least, and, and ignorant, above all else. Um, so, of course, there were quite a few uh, tweets about that. Uh, one of them here from uh, JuiceCan. Uh, saying Mike Dick has said there hasn't been oppression since 1917 Jim Crow ended in 1964 and this was just one example to prove Mike Dick wrong uh, Wave Matthews added to that saying Mike Ditka said he hasn't seen any oppression of black people in 100 years Mike was 29 years old when Martin Luther King was assassinated so there's another example for you And uh, to Whatever Man podcast, uh, he tweeted out, Mike Ditka was alive for Emmett Till, 1964 and 1965 civil rights bills, the deaths of not just Martin Luther King, but also Malcolm X, and both Kennedys, JFK and Bobby Kennedy, and Rodney King. And that's just like, again, just bullet points, just a few examples of oppression during Mike Ditka's lifetime just to point out how ignorant and stupid his statements were. 
Um, Mike Ditka went on to say, if you don't respect our country, then you shouldn't be in this country playing football. And I said, uh, Ditka has become now the number one promoter for the Canadian Football League. Thanks, Ditka. Um, just unbelievable, stupid things. And, you know, you want to still be able to respect the legacy of Mike Ditka and what he was able to accomplish as a head coach in the NFL, but it's very difficult to do that when you hear such vile, ignorant, stupid things that he has to say that really, you know, I believe in First Amendment rights, but sometimes I believe that the mic should just be taken away sometimes and the platform taken away, especially when, you know, you've got ESPN picking and choosing who gets the mic and who doesn't uh, when it comes to, like, Jamel Hill and that situation. Like, give me a break, you know? Uh, speaking of saying stupid things, uh, of course, we can't have a podcast without talking about Donald Trump. Um, of course, one of the things from last week or earlier this week was Secretary of State Rex Tillerson calling Donald Trump not just a moron, but a fucking moron. Um, Donald Trump went on to say, I think it's fake news. Of course he would. Uh, but if he did that, I guess we'll have to compare IQ tests, and I can tell you who is going to win. Surprised he didn't add to the end to the end, to the end of that. That I can tell you because the guy's like a puppet. You pull the string, and he'll repeat the same stupid phrases over and over again. And my response to that was an IQ test. Boy, oh boy, is this going to be on the next episode of the Apprentice? Oh wait, you're the fucking president. Grow the fuck up. That's what my thoughts were on his IQ test. Um, I also was saying that, unfortunately, an IQ test doesn't measure maturity, which you also don't have any of. Um, you know, Donald Trump just continues to do and say really retarded, really stupid things. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about mental health awareness earlier. I think there's definitely something up with this guy, to say the least. I would like to think it's just old age, but who knows. Um, then going back into sports, uh, Adrian Peterson uh, earlier this week was traded to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, for me, that's not a surprise given how horrible things were going for him in New Orleans and the friction between him and the head coach for the Saints. Um, we'll see what happens in Arizona. Um, then the, going in to uh, the NHL, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, who had a great start to the season. Uh, the other day, unfortunately, lost to New Jersey um, after beating uh, former Stanley Cup champions, the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, very difficult to believe that they could beat a team like Chicago and then lose to a team like New Jersey, but, you know, I, I think Mike Babcock, before the game, called it a trap game. I think he was right, it turned out, unfortunately. Um, but we'll see. Um, I think the goaltending needs to be a hell of a lot better. Frederick Anderson is now once again playing like he did last year, just letting in soft goals and ill-timed goals, uh, not stopping the puck when he needs to be. Um, you know, the Leafs last night tied it up one-to-one, -one, and then he let in a goal like in the very next face after the next face-off, making it two-to-one for New Jersey. 
the goaltending's got to be better, and, and for what Anderson's getting paid, and the amount of years that he's got getting paid that, uh, he needs to start living up to that contract, because his play has been nothing short of pathetic. Um, lucky for him, he plays behind an offense that is elite, but if that's what you're going to rely on, they're not going to win the Stanley Cup, and I think everybody needs to start realizing that. Um, you can blame the blue line all you want, but at the end of the day, the goaltending needs to be there too. If you're letting in five goals a game, you've got no fucking chance on most nights. Um, so it'd be nice if the Leafs did something there. But all of that to get back to the Maple Leafs. Uh, Doug Gilmore has a new book out, uh, which will be interesting to see. Um, but I haven't read it. I haven't uh, purchased it yet, but I probably will. Um, huge Maple Leafs fan as you guys can probably tell all the times we talk about it on the podcast but uh, Doug Gilmore in his book had a, a part of it where he was talking about the fact that uh, there was came a point in his career where he could have been traded out of Toronto and one of the proposals that didn't go through would have seen Gilmore go to Vancouver and the Leafs would have picked up uh, Vancouver's captain uh, Marcus Nasland or soon-to-be captain Marcus Nasland. Uh, that would have been interesting. Uh, obviously, you would have had a situation where you probably would have had Sundin and Nasland on the same team. Uh, who knows what would have happened there, but that's an interesting like what-if story. So, really interesting read on, on Sportsnet as an excerpt from, ultimately, Doug Gilmore's new book. Um, speaking of rumors, uh, this one is a f- more fresh rumor. Uh, Conor McGregor is now rumored to be headed to the WWE, at least for the next WrestleMania. I think, needless to say, that would be an awesome fit. Um, Just how charismatic he is. Again, earlier uh, we were talking about uh, wrestling being scripted. Uh, This is a guy that doesn't need to be scripted. He's just got pure charisma. Uh, As you can tell just from pay-per-view buys alone, he can convince people to buy shit. And I think he would help the WWE significantly, especially if he became really serious about it and, and pursued it. I think that he could be a, a the main superstar, really. He could be like the next uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin for them. Um, but we'll see what happens. Even if it's a one-shot deal, it would still be interesting and it would still add value to the WWE that, that kind of needs something. Um, I, I think there's so much potential, you know, and, and I... You'll hear me slam the WWE a lot of times, but I, I do think that they've got some really talented guys. Um, you know, I, I was a huge fan of CM Punk. I hated to see when CM Punk left. It looks like Neville might be leaving soon too, which stinks because I, as recently as on this podcast, I've talked about how good Neville is on the mic. Um, Jim Ross tweeted out saying that he thinks uh, Neville is just, you know, a little bit away from being like a breakout superstar for the WWE um, you know it'll be interesting to see what happens with that but uh, you know they, they've got a lot of really talented guys you know you, you look at Seth Rollins you look at Dean Ambrose you look at Roman Reigns you look at Shinsuke Nakamura AJ Styles Bobby Roode they've got the potential to really build something Uh, you know, you even throw in Kevin Owens into that mix, but, uh, uh, Aleister Black, for sure, Uh, I can't wait for them to call him up, I think he's 
in a lot of weird ways he reminds me of CM Punk, Aleister Black, just not on the mic, but in the ring and his mannerisms, you know, sitting cross-legged, the middle of the ring, all that stuff, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I think McGregor would add uh, a breath of fresh air into the WWE and hopefully kind of show them that you can do stuff that's not scripted and, and, and sell things with it that way. Um, I can't play this clip because it'll get me kicked off of YouTube, but uh, there's a clip uh, from last week tonight with John Oliver where he was talking about the Civil War, uh, talking about the Confederates and the Confederate flag and the statues and all that stuff. Uh, interesting watch. Uh, definitely recommend it on YouTube. Uh, and again, it's on Twitter.com slash TheJohnDNewton as well. Uh, then there was also an article uh, on MSN that I tweeted out about uh, where I just was saying is getting hacked part of Donald Trump's master plan with North Korea. The reason I said that is because the article is talking about how North Korea apparently hacked into South Korea's military plans and a potential plan to uh, overthrow Kim Jong-un. And I don't know how they got their hands on that with their hackers, but they did. And, you know, that is pretty alarming when you consider the types of, of threats that Donald Trump has thrown out there publicly against North Korea. Um, we'll see what happens, I guess, with that, as he would tell you. Um, that he can tell you. Uh, WWE Creative Humor tweeted out, It didn't take long to make Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn sign. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, the WWE recently has had two instances where they've brought uh, superstars together and instantly obviously wrestling is pre-planned but this was like to another level they were bringing back the shield and before they even were on the same screen together doing the shield you know fist bump uh, they already had shirts made for them and that was on Monday Tuesday uh, they had a, a sign in the back uh, backstage area for uh, like a locker room that had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn on it you know, like, give it some time, make it look a little bit more realistic, a little bit more organic, but I'm glad they caught on to that, because I definitely did. Um, then going back to the UFC, uh, this was really unfortunate. Uh, UFC pulled Mark Hunt from a headliner next month due to medical con concerns. Uh, Fabricio Verdum stepped in, and here's what Hunt told Player's Voice last month. And this is pretty disturbing. Uh, he said, sometimes I don't sleep well. You can hear me starting to stutter and slur my words. My memory is not that good anymore. I'll forget something I did yesterday, but I can remember the shit I did years and years ago. That's just the price I've paid, the price of being a fighter. But I fought a lot of drug cheats and copped a lot of punishment from guys who were cheating, and that's not right. And... Uh, yeah, like, Mark Hunt, uh, I think what everybody admired about him as a fighter, and I say admired past tense because based on what he's saying, I don't think he should continue fighting, in my opinion. Um, obviously not knowing his financial situation, if, if he's in that situation or what, but medically it doesn't seem like he should be. If I was advising him, I would say, you know, maybe to hang it up there. Um, you know, one of the things that I think people admire about him, I know I do 
as, as a fan watching him fight was his chin, like how he was able to take shots. Everybody, I think, had that admiration for him. Um, unfortunately, it seems like that's caught up to him. As he points out, and it's a, it's a fair point, it's a true point, he fought so many people over the course of his career uh, that were roided up, most recently uh, Brock Lesnar, um, where he wasn't, you know, where he was, uh, you know, to the best of everybody's knowledge, fighting clean against fighters that were not, um, and giving that unfair advantage to who he was competing against and the damage he was taking from those guys. Um, just a, a sad situation. Um, one that I don't know if the UFC can step in and do the right thing and, and help Mark Hunt out there, but um, you know you hate to see that for somebody that gave so much to the sport of mixed martial arts. Um, yeah, it's just a sad situation there. Um, then going back to SmackDown Live, uh, I found it weird because uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are close friends outside of the business uh, that Kevin Owens when he was in the ring with Sami Zayn kept kept lifting uh, Sami Zayn's arm uh, repeatedly very very quickly and I would, was watching it thinking you know Kevin Owens should know better because Sami Zayn had to have surgery on his on his shoulder uh, and had to, had to go through rehab on his shoulder um, you know, I said if Owens keeps lifting Zane's arm like that, he'll re-injure uh, Sami Zayn's shoulder. Uh, then there is this, um, you know, and this just goes to show you that chaos doesn't just exist in the world in the U.S. It also exists in the U.K. And we haven't on this podcast really talked about Theresa May too much. We did talk about the P45 uh, that was, you know, waved in front of her and then she picked it up like an idiot at a press conference. Uh, but this just goes to show you, uh, you know, again, I don't know why she's still the Prime Minister of Britain. It seems like so many people are opposed to it, including uh, in, in, in Parliament there. Um, how you can trust someone who can't answer a simple question like what I'm about to show you guys, uh, where she was asked about Brexit, asked about voting again for Brexit, and this was what she had to say, if it will play... If there was a Brexit vote now, would you vote Brexit? Because you, you voted r Remain in the referendum. Have you changed your mind? Well, I've, I, I don't answer hypothetical questions, but what I, what I a have... It's a pretty easy answer. I, I would I, be able to answer that. I, I know I would vote in exactly the same way. Well, I voted Remain. Um, I voted Remain for good reasons at the, at the time. But circumstances move on. I mean, I think the important thing now is that I think we should all be focused on delivering Brexit Absolutely. and delivering the, the best but deal. What, but you're I, asking what, me to say, how would I vote in a vote now against a different background, a mm. different international background, different economic background, you potentially? You can't tell me that you would vote you can't now. I mean, Jeremy Hunt, when I interviewed him at the conference, he said he voted Remain in the referendum. He's the chief advocate of Remain. He said now he would vote for Brexit because he says George Osborne's economic predictions did not come true, and he said that he was fed up with the belligerent attitude of the European Commission. Now, if he says he could change his mind, I don't quite understand why you can't, seeing as you are Prime Minister leading us into Brexit. Yes, and I'm Prime Minister ensuring that I'm going to deliver Brexit for the British you people. But, but, but you can't but, tell me that you would now vote Leave in a referendum. I, because I think, Ian, 
when you come, I could sit here and I could say, oh, I'd still vote Remain or, or I'd vote Leave, just to give you an answer to that question. I'm being open and honest with you. What I did last time round was I looked at everything and came to a, ju a judgment, and I'd do exactly the same this time round. But we're not having another referendum, and that's absolutely crucial. We're not having another referendum. We are going to deliver on the vote of the British people, and we're going to deliver Brexit. Okay. 29th of March, 2019, we come out of the European Union. So, really crazy stuff there. Um, number one, because she was named to be Prime Minister to lead the Brexit, as he was saying. And I don't know what that does for the British people in terms of confidence about this move for the Brexit. Um, you know, like, to hear her say she's going to lead this Brexit movement, but that if it was put up for a vote today she won't commit to actually voting for the Brexit. It's it's like, it just makes her an untrustworthy person. Um, and it goes back to what I was saying, how can you trust someone who can't answer a simple question like that? Um, needless to say, like she's done so many really stupid things in her short reign as, as Prime Minister, including the election that she called where she ended up losing seats, thinking that she would gain seats. Um, she just, strikes me as such a weak, weak politician, um, and, and just a horrible leader, um, almost to the effect of a Donald Trump, not quite, because I don't think she says, you know, quite on the same level of stupid things as Donald Trump says, but man, she's very close, and again, it goes to show you that it's not just the U.S. that is suffering from really shitty leadership, the UK right now, I think, is in a crisis with somebody like that in charge. Um, not that Canada is that much better off with Trudeau, in my opinion. I voted for Trudeau, as I keep saying in the podcast, but I'm not too happy with what he's doing. Um, but yeah, like in the UK, that seems to be an absolute disaster and a train wreck, to say the least. And of course, there was reaction uh, on Twitter... Uh, this was a good one. Theresa May refused three times in this interview to say whether she would vote for Brexit if there was a referendum uh, today. Uh, and then it shows the gift there of somebody banging their head on the table. And uh, Savannah Guthrie uh, tweeted out a little bit more information about why and the context of when uh, the Secretary of State Tillerson came out and said that Donald Trump was a fucking moron. And in the context, it makes even more sense, although I don't think anybody really needed context to understand where Tillerson's frustrations coming from with this president. Uh, apparently, Trump said that he wanted ten times more nukes at the same time that uh, Vladimir Putin is saying that he would like to see an increase in his nuclear arsenal as well. Um, well, at the same time, Trump wants to make cuts to uh, the State Department, which obviously the Secretary of State would be in charge of. Um, we live in seemingly dangerous times uh, with these madmen running the world, not just Donald Trump, but also Vladimir Putin, not just those two, but also Kim Jong-un, not just Kim Jong-un, but somebody like Theresa May, who just seems to be an absolute 
basket case in my opinion um, you know it's just a crazy situation going on in the world right now but obviously that adds a little bit more context to Rex Tillerson calling the president a fucking moron and I think in that context most people would agree with that statement or if anything they would say that it's an understatement um, uh, Sarah Kenzior uh, tweeted out and this is what I was talking about earlier I got it from Sarah uh, in December 2016 she wrote about Donald Trump wanting to increase his nuclear arsenal which he would do at the same time that Putin does in Russia just really really scary stuff at a time when really the world should be looking at trying to denuclearize things and uh, you know move that route these two idiots are talking about building up their nuclear arsenal so that pretty much tells you everything you need to know about the two of them um, really sad situation uh, then going back on a much lighter note to uh, Smackdown Live uh, Harper and Rowan for the first time in a long time showed up and they cut a promo uh, saying broken bones, severed spines Harper, Rowan, the Bludgeon Brothers um, uh, so Connor tweeted out wow I love Southpaw Regional Wrestling so that's an inside joke but if you're a wrestling fan You'll think that that's pretty funny, as I did. Um, then there was this weird story from Bloomberg. Scientists found $1.8 million worth of gold in Switzerland's wastewater, so in the sewers. Um, not just that, uh, but Justin Lee followed up, followed up and said it equals about 43 kilograms of gold. Also, they found 3,000 kilograms of silver, and this is each year. Uh... So then NEO Regional Sewer uh, tweeted out, a better headline would be, Swiss scientists find a shitload of gold. I thought that was pretty clever. And then uh, October 11th, so yesterday, uh, was Day of the Girl. Um, and Facebook uh, was doing something for that where if you're viewing Facebook from your mobile device, they would have like this frame all of a sudden with like pop-up uh, little girls showing up. And if you were seeing it for the first time, which I was that day, it literally would scare the hell out of you. At least it did for me. So I hope that doesn't make me sexist. <laughs> but when I saw that on Facebook, I didn't even know what the hell was going on. Like it, it actually did scare me. Um, so if you were like me, hopefully, uh, you know, if you were on Facebook on your mobile device and you saw that, you know, if it scared you too, let me know. Let me know that I'm not a sexist when it comes to that, because it just has nothing to do with you know it being the day of the girl as much as just like what the heck's going on on the screen. Um, Billionaire mindset tweeted out: "Knowledge speaks, but wisdom listens." I thought that was pretty, pretty good. Uh, and then Matthew tweeted out, and this is what I was talking about earlier, I couldn't tell if Bobby Roode was forgetting lines or if he just really sucks as a good guy because there was a lot of times where he had the mic to his mouth, the camera was still on him, and he was just like, like he wasn't saying anything. So it seemed like he was forgetting his lines, but who knows. Uh, then Donald Trump tweeted out, with all the fake news coming out of NBC and the networks, at what point is it appropriate to challenge their license? bad for the country and I said that's a total dick tater move fella um, just 
again, like, how much crazy shit can this guy get away with saying before people just say, you know what, fuck this guy, let's impeach him, and that should be coming across from both parties. Basically, what this guy is saying is he wants to be able to control the media like a dictator would. Um, he wants to cut out licenses from the news. You know, like, if you don't like the news, if you don't like the stories, change them. And don't do it by saying stupid, outrageous things. Do it by doing some actual fucking good things. There's a thought for you. Um, then I had a, a brain dropping where I said, When you think what you're doing has no meaning, it's like thinking, why cut your fingernails? They'll grow back. So I thought that was a pretty interesting thought that I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, then I, I was dying watching this. Boeing advertised on Twitter as an advertised tweet. Uh, Boeing is committed to Canada, and they've got like a 30-second ad, which I won't share with you guys, uh, saying today, tomorrow, and always. And I responded, I said, seriously? How? By fucking with Bombardier, which is backed by Canadian taxpayer dollars? If for those of you guys that haven't been paying attention to that story, Bombardier is getting hit with like a 300% uh, tax, tariff, I don't sure what you want to call it, uh, for their products going to the States. Uh, Bombardier is already backed by Canadian taxpayer dollars. So this whole story is just absolutely insane. And the U.S. is doing that based on Boeing going to the U.S. and saying, oh, you know, they're hurting our competition and all of this. It goes deeper because Canada had uh, a plan with Boeing to help build fighter jets and it looks like that plan is going to go to shit because rightfully so Canada's saying well wait a second look at what you're doing to our company you're going to put tens of thousands of employees out of work because of this be interesting to see what happens but it's not a good situation I think for any of the parties involved um, Ken Rosenthal yesterday tweeted that Edwin Encarnacion is back in the Indians lineup batting fourth out of desperation they needed him uh, out of desperation, didn't matter anyways. They ended up losing to the Yankees. Uh, surprisingly, the Yankees pulled it off. And the Yankees will be going on to the ALCS against the Astros. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, then there was a tweet here uh, from Lauren Grush. Uh, she tweeted out about a dwarf planet that's past Neptune uh, that I've never even heard of called Hamea. I guess that's how you pronounce it. And this dwarf planet, Hamea, actually has a ring, as you can tell from the image there, uh, kind of like Saturn, but not quite as, the same as Saturn. So I thought that was pretty cool. The article's on The Verge, um, and again, that's on twitter.com slash thejohndnewton as well. Uh, it's a very interesting situation there in space. Um, then there was this. This was a pretty cool video uh, tweeted by Low Pan Productions, where they took the Kevin Owens song and they mashed it with another song uh, to form this, so I wanted to play this for you guys. If it doesn't work, I'll edit it out. So yeah, so I'm not sure how that's going to pick up on the mic, but basically that was like a mix of the Kevin Owens song uh, along with uh, Insane Clown Posse, it sounded like. So 
interesting thing there. Uh, I'm not sure if that's actually going to be used in the future, but it, it's an interesting idea to put um, vocals with uh, Kevin Owens' uh, theme song there. Uh, Philip J. Crowley uh, tweeted out about the U.S. today uh, withdrawing from UNESCO. Um, the U.S. withdrew from uh, the TPP, they withdrew from the Paris Agreement, and now UNESCO. How many times can the U.S. take their ball and go home before they cease being a player? And I think Philip J. Crowley is right in saying that. As a matter of fact, I think the U.S. has already ceased being a player. I think if you look at when Trump is with other world leaders, they barely listen to what he has to say. They barely even talk to him. Um, the U.S., I think, has already lost their voice in the world. And to be honest, that's what happens. That's the consequence of voting in an asshole like Donald Trump. Um, the world gets tired of that shit. I mean, you see it with the U.S.'s closest ally, Canada. You know, how much shit can you deal with before you just say, you know what? Fuck you. You know, like, I don't want to listen to your shit. I don't agree with what you're saying. You, you're coming from a place of such ignorance and separatism, you know, where you want to just protect yourself, this protectionist bullshit, um, thinking that it's going to do, it's going to do your country, you know, well. It won't. Um, you know, like, you're living in another fucking world if you think that trying to protect just your country against the rest of the world and a global economy is going to do you any favors, it's only going to put you further and further behind. Not to mention what you're doing with the environment. You know, the U.S. has already ceased being a player from my eyes. You know, if you're just looking at the random eye test and you're watching what's going on on the world stage, whether it's the U.N. or when the G7 or G20 get together, um, you see it. They've already lost their voice. They've lost their presence in the room. Um, and, you know, there's nobody to blame but themselves. And it's not just Donald Trump that should take the blame for that. It's the American people because they're the people that vote in these absolute idiots into Congress. They're the ones that voted for Donald Trump to be the president. Um, you get the government you deserve, and this is the government that you deserve. This is the government that you voted for. And, you know, there's people that say, oh, you know, well, hopefully in 2018, the midterm elections, we can change it. That remains to be seen. People say, oh, well, in 2020, maybe we can vote Donald Trump out. That remains to be seen. Until it, something actually happens and things change, the world will just continue to assume that these are the people that represent America, you know? And if you look at it, you know, you, you have to kind of see that that's how the world views the U.S. If you look at what's going on with Alabama, with... Uh, you know, who they've selected as the Republican c candidate for the Senate toting around a pistol on stage like an absolute fucking moron. You know, like, that that's the perception that the world has of the U.S., and the U.S. doesn't do itself any favors by continuing to vote jackasses like that into government. If that's the best you have based on who you're voting for, to represent yourselves to the world. 
then that's why the perception is what it is. Uh, then Jan Bowerman tweeted out, the USA is leaving UNESCO. Who needs global efforts for education and culture anyway? Uh, David Rothkopf tweeted out, the last 24 hours, the president attacks the First Amendment, begins to dismantle health care with executive order, threatens Puerto Rico by saying that Puerto Rico already had uh, power and water issues before the storm, and he's pulled out of UNESCO. So again, you know, a really solid 24 hours by this president that uh, the U.S. has voted into office. Uh, so yeah, like that's basically where I stand when it comes to this issue with the U.S. Is I'm starting to get, come to a point where I don't really blame Donald Trump as much as I blame the American people who put him into office because at the end of the day, the blood is on their hands. The, this, this is the consequence of voting for this guy um, either because you truly thought he could help you, which just kind of makes you a moron, or you voted for him because you thought, oh, well, this will be entertaining, or you voted for him because you thought, oh, you know, the government doesn't work, I want to see it just fu everything get fucked up. No matter which one of those camps you belong to, or if you didn't vote at all, you get the government you deserve, this is your government. Now, if you voted for Hillary Clinton, you know, um, did you get your friends to vote for Hillary Clinton? Did you get as many people as you could to vote for Hillary Clinton? Probably not. And, you know, would Hillary Clinton have been that much better than Donald Trump? Does the issue start with Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton, or does it go before that? I would argue it goes before that. I would argue that when it came to Bernie Sanders versus Hillary Clinton, where the fuck were the people voting for him? You know, you get the government you deserve. If you just watch it from the sidelines and you don't vote, you get the government you deserve. If you vote in stupid people, like we continue to see get voted into office, on, especially on the Republican side of things, and, you know, the Democrats have some real losers, too, in office. Um, so it's not just the Republicans. But, you know, like, you get the government you deserve. And this is the type of shit that's going to happen when you're not paying attention. And I know there's that bullshit excuse that people have. Like, oh, you know, I work so long during the day. I don't have enough time to, to see what's going on in the news or what's going on in politics. Well, then fucking take the time to educate yourselves. You've got to commute, listen to a podcast, listen to this podcast. You've got to commute, read a fucking newspaper if you're not driving. You know what I mean? Like, to just bathe yourself in ignorance because you use time as an excuse is absolute fucking insanity. And you're part of the problem in a much bigger way than even Donald Trump is part of the problem. And going forward, I think, on this podcast... That's going to be how I deliver these messages on this podcast and, you know, on Twitter and everywhere else is that I'm starting to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. It's not just that Donald Trump is doing these things. It's that the American voters have set this up this way. These are the consequences of voting in these fools. And UNESCO is no different. 
Um, but here's the thing with UNESCO, and here's the thing about Republicans. They go back, and it's like revisionist history. They view Ronald Reagan as one of the greatest presidents of all time. Really? Even though his trickle-down economics basically meant the rich people just pissing down on everybody else, because it was starting with Reagan that the difference between the person at the top of the company and the bottom of the company where the wage difference kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger to where it is now where it's like 1 to 36 or 1 out of 1 to 40 ratio which is absolute fucking cr it's criminal and it's ridiculous and uh you know i was watching a podcast the other day with joe rogan where i agree with him 100 percent these companies that say, oh, if we raise minimum wage in Canada or the U.S. to $15 an hour, that's going to be a travesty. That's going to break the bank. Well, if you're a company that can't afford to pay your lowly, lowliest uh, employee $15 an hour, your company's not being run very efficiently. You're either hiring too many fucking people or your company just shouldn't really fucking exist to begin with. And I think that that's 100% right. But we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Ontario, in a lot of ways, is going to be a guinea pig for that. Uh, it's happening at a really shitty time um, because you see what's going on in Sears in Canada right now where uh, they're doing away with all of their stores. 12,000 people are going to be unemployed just from that alone. You look at what's going on in Bombardier in Canada. Uh, you know, the, the timing for this is, is, is brutal. And, uh, you know... This podcast, for sure, we're going to be following these stories. Uh, number one, because I live in Ontario, I'm a Canadian citizen, um, and, and, you know, if for nothing else, you know, I plan to vote in June when the provincial elections happen, and, you know, Kathleen Wynne is doing a lot of things when it comes to increasing minimum wage, but how much she's increasing it too, how quickly she's increasing it, um, what impact that's going to have on the economy, employers, employment, uh, those are things that I'm going to be paying attention to. I've mentioned it on the podcast right now, I'm currently in between jobs myself personally. So, you know, I've got a very vested interest to see what happens here and to see what all these politicians have, you know, as in terms of vision for the future. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And nobody's perfect. I know I went on a bit of a rant there against American voters, but, you know, as I've said, as a Canadian, I voted for the Liberals, thinking that Justin Trudeau was going to bring about some good change to the Canadian government. I'm extremely disappointed with just about fucking everything that's gone on with Trudeau's majority government. I don't really see much that he's done to improve things. If anything, I've, I've seen him uh, do things to fuck things up uh, in some pretty shitty ways. Um, and I know that's probably not a popular thing to say, because I know a lot of my friends still blindly think that Trudeau is doing a hell of a job, but th I, those people that are my friends, I know that they, like some American voters, they don't really watch the news that much, and they're not really paying attention to all these things that are going on uh, but all of that to go back to uh, UNESCO so Ronald Reagan uh, withdrew in 1984 from UNESCO uh, of all people George W. Bush rejoined UNESCO in 2002 and now you've got Donald Trump withdrawing from it again so there is a history of this in the US uh, even though the US actually helped to start 
UNESCO. They've withdrawn from it before. They're withdrawing from it again. So a bit of a history lesson there. Uh, then there was this. Uh, the Young Bucks continued to get uh, WWE wrestlers in trouble, taking pictures or asking to take pictures with uh, certain performers with the WWE. Uh, one of them was Daniel Bryan, or as they said, hey, Brian Daniel's son, which is, you know, is his real name. Uh, you should take a photo with us, too. Uh, Rovert tweeted out a funny thing here. He says, so the day after the Young Bucks got their cease and desist letter from the WWE, the WWE 2K video game people asked them to work on doing motion captures for next year's game because so many people in last year's game were using create a wrestler mode to play and create the Young Bucks that they felt they needed to get all of their signature moves in the next game. Crazy situation there. Uh, then there was this. Unfortunately, I can't play it because I know it'll get us yanked from YouTube. Uh, but if you're interested, definitely check out twitter.com slash thejohndnewton. Uh, they've used Never Gonna Give You Up, Never Gonna Say Goodbye as a meme with Neville. So instead of saying Never Going To, it's Neville Going To. Uh, as you can see, the music video there... <laughs> With Neville, and it's a, it's a sad situation though. I we we all make fun of it, but Neville was on the rise. Um, he's frustrated with what's going on in the WWE, where you know uh, he's he's forced to lose to Enzo Amore, and I know that's frustrating for him. But I think at the same time, he shouldn't lose sight of the fact that he was the cruiserweight champion for such a long time. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But it seems like he's on his way out there. Uh, Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, It's better to look ahead and prepare than to look back and regret. And then uh, Rebecca Jarvis tweeted out that Equifax says IT and security teams are looking into another possible hack. The company has temporarily taken a web page offline. The issue is that there was a fake flash update. Uh, Equifax, man. I don't even know what to say at this point. Uh, and this is a look at Equifax uh, shares after that report of the new hack. So as you can see, actually you can't really see it on the screen, but it's basically just showing like a complete nosedive. Uh, crazy situation there. Uh, on the plus side of things, uh, the U.S. health advisors, the FDA is reviewing an experimental gene therapy treatment for people with hereditary blindness. Uh, so every once in a while you do hear some good news, so happy to share that on the podcast. Uh, John Kelly appeared today before White House reporters saying that he's not quitting today and he doesn't think he's being fired today. In my opinion, I think this is such a pathetic administration when you actually have uh, members of the administration having to go public and deny reports of them wanting to quit or that they could get fired such chaos and such stupidity within this administration. Um, then there was this video uh, from Mashable which shows robots that can climb fences, stairs, and even open doors as if the uprising wasn't happening fast enough as they say. Uh, this is some really crazy stuff because uh, it shows uh, this robot 
climbing stairs, as we were mentioning, opening doors, uh, later it's going to show it climbing fences, just some really crazy stuff. Um, just the way it moves and jumps is creepy. see it walking on snow and ice there So some pretty crazy stuff there. Speaking of crazy, uh, this was a guy that thought that he could leap over uh, not only somebody that was holding up a basketball, but also the car itself. And as you can tell, he failed miserably there. And then there was this craziness, which we'll end with. So this guy's on a bridge, and he's walking over the bridge. And it looks like the bridge, the glass underneath him is breaking, but it apparently was just a prank. Uh, so man, like that's scary stuff. If I was on that bridge and saw that, I would probably have done the same thing, thinking that it's breaking. Apparently all those people walking past him were either in on the prank or had seen it before so it didn't phase them, but that guy was like on the ground panicking, so pretty crazy stuff. Uh, so as always, thank you guys for, uh, for listening and for watching. Uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode of the podcast.